the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, we live in a society today, and and particularly in the Bay Area, when uh, there's this pressure, uh, cultural pressure that says, you believe in Jesus Christ? What are you, a simpleton? Boy, you you got to be pretty nuts to not figure out that uh, you know there's something wrong here. You know it's not it's not true. I mean that's the society and the culture in which we live. And that, of course, is one of the reasons why Peter wrote in his epistle. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. So glad you've joined us on this Monday. If you're new to the area and perhaps looking for a home church, let me suggest Church of the Highlands. You'll find them on the web at highlands.us. By the way, when you go to that website, you will see a link either to the school or the church. Highlands Christian Schools is also a ministry associated with Church of the Highlands. Service times begin on Saturday evening at 5 p.m. and then Sunday morning at 7, 8.30, 10, and 11.30, and then a bit more contemporary service on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. All those details are on the website at highlands.us. Our theme for today is Jesus, the Promised Savior. And for that, Pastor Layton needs to begin in the Old Testament. You know, about 25% of the Old Testament is prophetic in nature. And most of the prophecies that we can identify that we're aware of, including prophecies uh, Jesus made concerning events that would transpire before His return, have come to pass which means, by the way, he could come at any time, okay? And uh, fulfillment of prophecy is possible because God knows the future and is sovereign. In fact, God is not limited to time and space like we are. He is sovereign above and outside of time and space. Now, if I can start our time together here with this just illustration so you can catch a concept. The concept is this. Somebody comes up in front of you, and they've got some cards, say eight cards or whatever, and they say, I want you to know I shuffled this deck. And then they start laying down the cards, and they lay down one, and two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. Would you believe that they shuffled that deck? Probably be pretty, uh, pretty reasonable to think that that deck was not shuffled. Now, if a person instead came to you and says, I want you to know that uh, I stacked the deck, and then they started laying down the cards, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, would you come to the conclusion that they had done what they had said they did, they stacked the deck? be pretty reasonable, wouldn't it? Well, God has stacked the deck of history, if you will. He said, this is what I'm going to do, and and as it unfolds, it's going to prove I did what I told you I was going to do. And so the prophecies proved Jesus, and Jesus proved the prophecies. 
if you catch my, my meaning here. Now, what, what, what kind of prophecies are there concerning Jesus? Well, there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds, if not more, prophecies in the Scriptures concerning Jesus. Now, a mathematician took just eight of the prophecies concerning Jesus, and they were the place of birth, the time of birth, the manner of birth, his betrayal, the manner of death, people's reaction, the piercing, and the burial. Just those eight prophecies that were talked about in the Old Testament, and he did a statistical analysis on it. This is what we find written in Josh McDowell's The New Evidence. It says, We find that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th. That is uh, one followed by 17 zeros. Okay? Now, in order for us to comprehend this staggering probability, uh, the mathematician Stoner illustrates it by supposing that we take 10 to the 17 silver dollars and we lay them on the face of Texas. Now, Texas is a pretty big state. I think it's only exceeded by uh, Alaska in terms of, of land. It's a big state. And so we're going to take 10 to the 17 silver dollars and we're going to lay them across the state and they would fill the state two feet deep, the state of Texas. Now mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the state, blindfold a man and tell him he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up one silver dollar and say that this is the marked silver dollar. What chance would he have of getting the right one? Just the same chance that the prophets would have had of writing these eight prophecies and having them come true in any one man from their day to the present time. The chances of someone fulfilling the prophecies are not accidental. It just doesn't make any sense. So, believers know that Jesus is the Messiah and base their belief on, number one, the testimony of the many witnesses who saw Him exercise His divine authority in performing the miracles as He walked this earth. Number two, the fact that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming Savior, or Messiah as the Jews would call Him. And number three, the irrefutable historical fact of His resurrection as promised. Now, there have been some delusional religious leaders uh, that have come and made outrageous claims in human history, but no other religious leader in human history has ever announced His resurrection and then resurrected from the grave. In fact, no other religious leader has ever resurrected from the grave. So we're going to look today at a few of the prophecies um, uh, that, uh, that show Jesus. Now, let's let Jesus tell us about His relationship with these Old Testament prophecies. We're going to go to Matthew 5. Jesus says, Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophet. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. They have a purpose, and I'm here to accomplish it. That's what he was saying. And then in John chapter 5, he says, you, you search the Scriptures because you think they will give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. And yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Now, the significance of this declaration by Jesus is the Bible will not make any sense without Jesus. Because the Bible is about Jesus. You may have all kinds of ingredients, but if you leave out the eggs, you will not get an omelet. You may have all kinds of scriptures, but if you leave out Jesus, you will not get God's Word. 
Now, woven throughout the fabric of the Old Testament is the story of the coming Savior, who we know to be Jesus. There's another reference, and that's on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. These uh, followers of Jesus, they'd been following him. They were convinced that he was indeed the Messiah, the, the, the Savior, the one that was promised and foretold by the prophets. But they were confused because this Messiah was supposed to be God, and they had just seen Jesus die. And if Jesus was God, God can't die. So how can this be? And, and, and it was supposed to be a king and establish an eternal kingdom, which means he had to be an eternal king and he had just died. So how can he be an eternal king with an eternal kingdom? And they were confused. And Jesus on this road to Emmaus, he said this, he says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He was saying, the prophets have told you that I have to suffer. That is part of God's plan. And then he described that to them through unfolding the treasures that were hidden in the Old Testament, the prophecies concerning Jesus. Now, there is dozens, if not hundreds, of prophecies, and we're not going to have a time to look at all of them this morning, but we're going to look at just a few. And by doing so, if you're a believer, your faith will be encouraged. And if you're not a believer yet, then hopefully your curiosity will be ignited, and you'll want to inquire about the truth of Jesus Christ yourself. Amen? All right, let's look at number one. The Savior would be male and the offspring child of woman. We know this from Genesis chapter 3. This is a setting. There's, there's only two chapters in front of chapter 3. God has come. He's created. Uh, he's uh, set the man and his woman. He's given them one commandment, not ten, just one. Don't partake of the tree. And they decided they would do it their way, not God's way. And so he's come and he is meeting out judgment. And this is what he says to the serpent. He says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That word in the original Hebrew is um, shuf, and it's translated bruise, break, cover, or crush. Now, because of the crucifixion, Jesus was immobilized from walking the earth for three days while he was in the tomb. A crushed heel is painful, it's inconvenient, but a crushed head is dead, okay? It's death. And the serpent would immobilize Jesus, or the coming Savior, for a period, but Jesus would crush the serpent's Head. That's what it says. Next, in Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 18, we find out that the Savior would be a descendant of Abraham. You see, up until this time, we didn't know who the seed was going to come from, but God identified Abraham, I'm going to bless this world through you. And then, in Genesis chapter 17, we find out that the Savior is going to be a descendant of Isaac, not Ishmael. And so, um, the Arabs of our world are descendants of Ishmael, the firstborn child of Abraham. And therefore, Arabs and Jews share a common ancestry. And yet these two brothers lived in strife, and their descendants continue to live in strife even today. Now, Isaac was a miracle child because Sarah was well beyond her childbearing years when he was born. What does that say? It's not going to be a barren womb that's going to keep God from accomplishing His plans. Next, we find in Numbers 24 that the Savior would be a king and descendant of Jacob, not Esau. Again, God chose to pass the blessing through the younger brother. And it says here, a scepter will emerge from Israel. Then we find from that 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 scepter will not depart from Judah. 
So in Genesis 49, it says the Savior would descend from Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah. And then we find in Isaiah chapter 9 that the Savior would be an heir to the throne of David. Now, thrones were passed from generation to generation through a family line. Succeeding generations could receive the throne either through bloodline or marriage or adoption. And Jesus was of the lineage of King David, not only through Joseph, but also through Mary, if you read the lineage that is provided in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. I hope you appreciate this historical overview as much as I do. Pastor Layton really takes the plane up very high so that we can see as much as possible. And we'll move more into the New Testament on the next broadcast. What a great time to take notes. If you'd like to listen to this particular program again, you can do that by going to our website, studyversebyverse.com. That's the ministry website for this broadcast, studyversebyverse.com. You can download past programs right there. And if you'd like to know more about Church of the Highlands, they're at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day. And join us on Tuesday when we'll return with part two of this message and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.